First, I want to thank my friends Rina and Yisrael Fuchs for opening up the, the home for us. As Hashem, every single room should be filled with brach and naches, and simchas and yeshuas and all good things. One luchal Yisrael. We're in the Maimon Bilvavi Mishkan Evan, the page Nun Hey, on the bottom. Kashet Suras Chashivas Ha'adam. When, when the way of a person's life is is what we the way we've been talking about that the tzur of a person's life is this way, meaning what we were talking about until now in the sefer last time, where a person, as the Mesil Shasharim says, a person realizes that the only tithe the only thing that's good in the world, the Acha Shalti of every Jew is the same as Dovid Amalekh, which is the Vekas Basham, and to live every single moment of our lives with that attachment, with that Baruch, with that thought. So when a person's Suasachaim is like that, as I call it there so the Rachna by Yeha Adam Karvila. Then whoever's learning this safer will continue with the next part of the Sefer will feel, the person will understand and will feel comfortable once the person has already accepted that the Tachlis of life is Dveikis Basham the consequence of that in one's life is that all one wants to do in, throughout his or her life is to find out and to see how every single detail of life can bring a person closer to that Tachlis can attach the person to that tachlis of Dveikas Basham to being attached to God. Kasha Hakara Hadusisis Hanal Chaseira. If, however, this basic Nakud, if this, if this underlying prerequisite awareness is lacking, meaning, if one does not, if one's tachlis is not Dveikas Basham, if one's purpose in life is not to be attached to God, then Yaksha Ladim Lidrach Bidarchainu. Then our derech is going to be the derech that's laid out in the safe is going to be very hard. It's going to be very uncomfortable. It's going to seem it's going to seem like something which is not shaykh at all. Ulam Kashiesh Ladim Akaris Amis. But if a person recognizes the truth, Shakal Chayv Uchipus Ketzalis Kavla Gershbaruch, that the purpose of one's entire life is searching how to get closer to Hashem. Then maybe he'll be able to use to make use of the derech as it's explained in this sefer. Page nunvav ad ata. That's sort of preparing us for the next next part of the minor, where the tzaddik says now ad ata. Until now, Until now, for the entire sefer, we've been talking about how a person can acquire, can reach that first shlav, that first stage. Which is what? Which all we've been talking about is remembering in the simplest way, in the mind, but in the mind that's connected and attached to the heart, that there's a creator of the world. Now we've been speaking about that the entire time. And from now on, at this point, we're ready now for the second shlav. We're not really ready, because ready, of course, means, as he says, as he says again and again, it's coming up soon, to be ready means that we've already adapted the first part of the Sefer until now to our lives. So, 
so that means that each and every one of us not only came to a shir a couple times this year, but but all of us have been trying on some level, each and every one of us, to to think this way and to live this way. So we understand that that we're, all of us are coming and all of us are here because we're hoping to try to come closer to this mahalach. And I hope that the author of the Sefer would forgive us for not... I mean, I'm only speaking about myself. I don't know, it could be everybody here is already holding by the end of the Sefer. But that, that he would forgive us and allow us to continue even though we haven't necessarily all put into practice everything that we've been learning. But we want to put into practice. And you know the Yudakad has said that to want, to want even until ten times is still called wanting. It was, I want to want to want until ten, after ten, he said, you're fooling yourself. But if I want to want to want until the tenth time is still called wanting. So that, that hopefully would permit us to go ahead with the next shlav, with the next level. He says, because Ulam calls us betnaisha shlav, I reach and crack conly etzelhal, the mitzur benuyim, you said this. He says, to continue with the next shlav, is with, the, is with the understanding that the first shlav, the first stage, we've already acquired in a, in a clear and strong way. Which means that this awareness, again, the awareness doesn't just mean that we know. The whole point of the Sefer has been to say that just knowing that there's a God is not, is not called Yediyas Hashem or Devekas Hashem. But that this idea that there's a creator, this knowledge that there's a creator of the world, and any idea stam is, it's not just stam, some piece of information, shamoch, yedezos, that the brain, that the mind knows. And once in a while, especially if you're in trouble, God forbid, then you think about that, that there's a creator. That's not what it means, yediyas Hashem, to know God. We've been learning and hopefully we, we have to some degree adopted this in our lives, that idea means a tangible, experiential awareness that is actually felt in the person's soul. The same way that a person remembers, approximately he knows what time of the day it is. He doesn't know the exact time unless he looks at the watch. But he has an idea, approximately what time of the day or the night it is. He's not confused. He might be mixed up. He might have 10 minutes, a half hour the most, but he's not five hours off. You know, nobody thinks that now it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody thinks that. So too, this thought of the Creator, the same way that a person lives, and he knows he lives with the time, and he knows that now it's it's approximately nine o'clock, and he has a certain achrayis, and he knows it's it's so much ingrained in him that there, that that it's this time of the day, and there's only a certain amount of the time of the day that he has left in order to do this or that. So too. The same way that the awareness of time is something which one can feel very tangibly, so too that thought of Hashem Baruch, that awareness of God, has to be something which lives with the person in a clear and tangible way. And it's something which completely surrounds the essence of one's entire life. If a person hasn't reached this yet, then it's not really proper to go to the next shlav. But as I said, we'll try to learn and hopefully we'll be inspired enough to want to join the uh, the, the entire program. 
Sarach Shadarach Avaidah Tiyam Yusadis. One's Avaidah, one's service of Hashem has to be Yusadis. It has to work from the foundation, from the basement up. You can't start on the higher f- floors. You have to go in order. You have to go. You have to follow a seder. Shaada mamshech l'shlav haba. So in order to move on to the next shlav, to the next stage, a person first has to start, has to first master it, or to some degree, connect it to the earlier shlav. Only when there's a kinyan pnimi, when one has acquired them, is that earlier stage is he prepared to move on to the next stage. So having said that, and, and feeling completely unprepared, we're going to try to understand, and at least hopefully we'll be able to, to make some changes. After a person has already been zaycha, and this thought, this remembrance, that there's a creator of the world, has become mamish a part of him. It's become like a bone of your bones. It's become a part of who you are to think about God and to remember God throughout the day and to live with that thought. Now we're ready to go to the next stage. Now again, just like the first shlav, it's going to sound very, very simple. And it's going to sound so obvious until we go a little bit further, which is like five more sentences after it. You'll see that it's not obvious at all. The next shlav, the next stage, is, this, is knowing and feeling that there's not only a creator, but that we are created. Now we'll see what that means. A creator and the created. Bayre v'nivra. Ha'akara b'nefesh ha'odam. That ha'akara, that recognition in the soul. Sha'od again, it means something, knowing it in a very, very real way. Sha'odam v'chol ha'yikum kulay. Heim nivroim shal ha'bariz baruch shemo. It means knowing and recognizing deep inside one's soul and thinking about this, that man and everything else that exists all has been created by the Creator. Until now we've been talking about this, we've been talking about knowing that there's a creator, that there's Hashem. Now we'll continue to explain. That HaKadosh Baruch has created all that exists. So he says right away, this is obviously, this is something which is, which a person would say, any person that believes in God, it's obvious, well, of course we all know, Everybody, everybody believes 100% that, that God created everything. As we did the first half of the cipher, the point is not just knowing that. Everybody knows that God created everything. We know that intellectually, and we believe in that. And from time to time, depending upon how convenient or inconvenient it might be, we, we might tap into that. We're going to learn to live with that feeling, with that awareness. That every single thing is a nivra. Everything is created. Every second it's created. That to the very depths and the essence of my soul should feel this, should experience this. That his entire being and all that exists has been created by God, is being created by God. Now in order to understand this, he brings something that we've all learned, we've all heard. Paro Omar, 
It says, Paro, it says in the Pasuk, Paro had what seems to be the most ridiculous, absurd thought. What was Paro's thought? Paro Omar li ya'iri vanaychi asisinu. That means, the river, the Nile, belongs to me. I created it. So we would all say, he's nuts. Paro said that he created the, the Nile. He created, li ya'iri vanaychi asisinu. I, the, the river is mine, I created it. Klema Paro, al-af shehemen b'amuna brua sheyesha kadosh baruch. And I remember, Paro believed that there's a God. Sheyomar, mi halakim ha-sheyeshma b'kayla. He was asking and wondering, and he spoke about God. And as we know, in the parashiyas of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Paro addressed the reality of God's existence. He did believe that there was this supreme being. He also believed in there being an entire catalog of others. But he believed in the supreme being. And yet, he did not believe that God created him. He believed that he created himself. He created himself. Here we have an example of a very intelligent person who, although he believed in God, he still, because that Pasuk, Li Ori, the river is mine, Vanochi Asisinu, Chazal Telus means that he believed that the, the deity, of course, was the river, and that he and the river were one, and that he created himself. He created the river and he created himself. So, here we have an example of a person who had what we would say is the biggest, most absurd narishkeit on earth. The most ridiculous thought on earth that he created himself. That there's, no crea- there's a God, but God didn't create him. He created himself. So now when we learned this as children and growing up, and we heard that power had this this crazy thought, all we can think is that this is this is very sad that thousands of years ago there was this, there was some kind of a fool that believed in that. There was a shaitakazh had such a silly thought. Shubarasatma that he created himself. And that it wasn't Hashem who created him, he created himself. So when we hear such things, when Chazal explained this to us, and we read these psukim, we all walk away feeling like, what does this have to do with me? This is some narishkeit. Why is Bechlal Chazal wasting my time? And why is the Tanakh wasting my time by telling me such silly information? There was some idiot that thought he created himself. Every one of us can look in the baby album, and, and, and we know that, 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 that we don't come from ourselves, we didn't create ourselves, and we're some idiot for that. We need a Pasuk to tell us such an narishkeit. We have to waste our time. How does this apply to us? So what the Tanakh is telling us that thousands of years ago, once upon a time, there was such a person who lived in this world, who lived with such a silly mistake. What do we have for business with, with this old mistake? With this ancient uh, idolatrous thought? <coughs> This is not the case. This is not true. 
because we have received from Chazal. We have received from Chazal, and we talk about this every Shia, every talk, that the entire Torah, with all of its details, any tiny little detail that was revealed to us in Tanakh, and revealed to us in Chazal, any detail, applies to the soul, to the life of each and every Jew. Every single thing that's in Tanakh, because you know that there were thousands and thousands of more Nevi'im and Nevu'as that are not recorded for all time. And the, the rule, the principle in, in, in Nevu'ah is only those Nevu'as shahutsu chuladayrus. The only Nevu'as, the only prophecies that were recorded for all time, that we still have in Tanakh, were prophecies that would be needed for all time. That means that each and every Jew needs for all time. So, as we sit here being ignorant of many of the things that are found in Treyasar, in Yecheskel, in Yeshaya, and, and not being able probably to say two or three psukim, every single word in every single pasuk of Tanakh is not only relevant, but it's crucial to our lives. And every single word that Chazal have revealed to us, those conversations, there were millions and billions of words that our sages shared with each other in history. And there, was, and there were those that were recorded for all time. They were kept originally, of course, in an oral tradition. And because of the difficulties of the times, were set to writing. And every single word of those conversations between Abaye and Rava, Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lakish, right? every single word is, is, not, is, is something which we need in order to live. Therefore, if Hashem Baruch told us about Avmavinu, it's because in each and every one of us there's an Avmavinu. Yitzchak Avinu, Yaakov Avinu. Umayshu Avinu. V'chulu v'chulu. V'chein es ha-bechini shalhaipach. And unfortunately, not only do we have the tzaddikim inside of us, but we also have Lavan and Paru and Bilam v'chulu v'chulu. We also struggle with the Lavans inside of us and the Bilams inside of us and the powers inside of us. So any Pasuk that we read, every single letter that was spoken by Paro that Hashem recorded in the Torah, every single thought of Bilam that was put into the Torah, and as Chazal explained to us who these people were and what they were thinking, every single thing is something that you and I struggle with in our lives. Each one of us has a Paro inside. Each one of us has a Bilam inside. There's a way of thinking that's called Bilamdik, and there's a Lovendik way of thinking. Every single one of us has, of course, Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov and so on. But we have all of this inside of us. Tzarech Lahavim. Page Nun Zayin, Ayin on the bottom. Huh? Of course, everybody. Everybody. Tzarech Lahavim. Hadvarm halalu heim einam remez umusa ba'alma. So the tzaddik says that you might think that this is just like a nice thing. It's a nice idea. Like, it's nice for a speech about how there's, you know, this we have this way of thinking that's called lovan, or we have a way of feeling that's called avram. That's apikarsis to say such a thing. He says, This is not. This is not just a nice hint or some cute little musa to say to give a talk about about a loving way of thinking or an Avram way of thinking. The, the proper way of understanding this is 
that there is in our being, in the essence of a Jew, there is a certain pureness, a koach, of tahara, there is a power, an energy that is pure, and that's called Avram, and that's different from a certain energy in us that's called Yitzchak. And it is alive, it is alive and well in each, well, it might, it, it might be suffocating in, in us, but inside each and every one of us, there's a koach of Kedusha of Tahara that's called, that's called Avram. And there's another koach that's called Yitzchak. Who koach tashakayim benefesh kaladim. And sorry for koach alayim. Right? And all the Yushpis. And so on. Everything is inside. So too in each and every one of us, there exists Kirchus of impurity, of the wicked. That are found inside each and every Nefesh, each inside every soul. Look at the next page. Harambam. Like the Rambam says, page Nukhas. Paro who are Yetzar Abemis. The Rambam says Paro is the Yetzar Abemis. In other words, Paro is an aspect of the Yetzar, the evil inclination. Abemis, the Rambam, you know, was very careful with his words. And the Rambam never ever dramatized. He didn't go for that. Paro who are Yetzar Abemis. And he explains. And they said, you explain. What, what energy, I mean, the Yetzar is a very general thing, but there's a specific, there's a specific energy inside of us, Hashem Yerachim, that's called Paro. It's called power. And one needs to understand. That's what we're talking about now. There is a koach ra that's called power. And if you want to understand what is that koach inside of you and how do you detect it, if you want to know to identify that impure ruach inside of you, you need to become proficient in the words and in the life of Paro, as it's portrayed in Tanakh, and as Chazal explained to us, who Paro was. So that means learning Tanakh, wherever Paro is mentioned, learning the Mepharshim and understanding who Paro was and what he was thinking and feeling, and then going through every single place in Shas, in Medrash, in Zayar, Bavli, Yushalmi, Tanchuma, all the Midrashim, and so on. And only then can a person really, really understand what is the nature of that koach inside of me that's called pyro? What does that mean? If you only have a superficial understanding from, you know, the Medrash says, it's a wonderful book, but if your entire familiarity with pyro, as the Medrash says, so then you're going to be limited in, in, in being able to identify pyro thoughts inside of you and pyro feelings. And a, and a way of looking at life that's very, very poisonous. It's called paro. So in order to understand that poison of paro, you have to learn. You have to learn. So that you can identify that and you could fight against it. Because we know that the koach that fought against paro was Moshe Rabbeinu primarily. Earlier was Yosef at Sadiq against paro in that stage. And then later on was Moshe against paro. We need to understand that koach of Yosef versus paro and Moshe versus paro and how that works. And that's, that's, that's all of our lives, is to, is to learn these things. So we could become, we could, we'll be able to get to the bottom of things and uproot and destroy and drown the paro inside of us. And that the Moshe Rabbeinu and that the Yosef HaTzadik should be victorious inside of us. So he says, 
Therefore, any of the tainus of Paro, any of Paro's claims, any of the things that Paro says, in, 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 that we see even in the, in the simple pshat, in the simple pshat in Chomish, and the simple psukim of, of, of Navi. That are revealed in the Psukim and in the Drushes, the teachings of Chazal. When you read a Chazal about, about Paro, so like we're, we're learning now, that Paro, they had this Pasuk, Li Chazal tell us that he was saying that, that he, he created himself. When you're reading Chazal, so you might be the kind of a person that says, well, it seems to me, those words are always pitiful. But it seems to me that it seems to me that Chazal is stretching it over here. This is stretching it. I don't I don't see this in the in the words. But it says Liori means the river belongs to me. Maybe Paro was just saying that uh, this is my private beach club over here, and that I go bathing. You know, I go bathing over here. The river belongs to me. Or he was saying like I'm the king, and this is this source of life. For the for my people, and therefore I'm the balabas, I'm the balabas over the Nile. Right? That's that's you know if you gave it to a little kid, he would read the words Li Ori. You say okay, the river belongs to me. Say that he's the king, and the land belongs to him. You could say the land belongs to him. Mela, he's saying that the, I made the river. What does it mean? It's an odd thing to say. So the kid would say, I made the river. Probably means that I made the rules and regulations uh, as far as how this river is to be used by the Egyptian people and so on and so forth. You could, and you and I could sit and could write our own commentary like that. When Chazal revealed to something, and everybody said, this is the beginning of being a Jew. We're Orthodox Jews. That means we believe in Tarash Shabbat and Tarash That's what makes us Orthodox. Not because, not because uh, how we look and stuff like that. That's all part of it. For where we shop, you know, the, the we believe in Tereshav and when Chazal revealed to us something in a drasha, regardless of how comfortable you feel with how that fits into words, you know that every one of us has to believe in Lunashlaim, just as we believe in God Himself. That these were that these were truths that were revealed to the Chachamim, and how it fits into the words, whether it's to your liking or not to your liking. It's not talking about the opinions of rabbis, which I've heard even coming from Orthodox people. Well, you know, <laughs> Rabbi Akiva said that, and um, I, you know, I disagree. I don't agree with Rabbi Akiva. These are not, we're not talking about very bright people who are stating opinions. The, the way that these drushes are and are seen in the verses you could you could you could crack you could cry you could struggle to understand you could say I don't know it doesn't seem to me I whatever you like but you have to realize that what they were showing us was an underlying an underlying reality a world that we don't see with our eyes that they were describing that they saw that they knew and that they saw that's what they were describing to us you might like to disagree with their hermeneutics how they read it into verses that's not really important the point is that they were describing something that they were in touch with and when Chazal tell us certain things about Paro even though we say where does it say that or when they tell us certain things about Moshe Rabbein we say where does it say that 
those are realities that they saw, that they knew, that was revealed to them beside Hashem Liyirei, of the secret of God to those who fear Him. And therefore, every single drush of Chazal, Kayomim benefesh ha'odam mamish, are alive and well. When you learn a Gemara, in the Gemara, some statement of Chazal says something about Paro, it means that what Chazal are telling us about Paro exists in each and every one of us. It's part of us. You can't say, well, I don't believe in that Chazal. So therefore it's not part of me. You could say that, but it's not true. Every single revelation of Chazal, what they were telling us was that the, the, that Paro is a very complicated reality. And this reality called Paro consists of the following ingredients. Beware. Keep your eyes open for these kind of thoughts and feelings because when you have them, you should know that this is from Pyro, this is called Pyro, and you'll know how to identify that when you know more about Pyro. But this is called Pyro. Yesh Pyro Ba'olam. There is a reality that's called Pyro in the world. It still is. Yesh Pyro Benefesh. And there's a Pyro in the soul. Pyro Ba'olam Ba'emes Haya Ve'inenu. That Pyro that we speak about in Tanakh, of course he's not here anymore. That person is not here. But that's not we we're not we're not really primarily concerned with that person at this point. That's not our main concern, the person that once lived, you know, or digging up his remains and finding out, you know, whether this mummy is his or somebody else. That's not our Indian. Ulam Paro Benefish, that's our Indian. The living reality that's called Paro in the soul, that's very much our Indian. It's a very contemporary subject, and it, it's something which we have to be concerned with every moment of our lives. Nimsa'ata mamish. It is found mamish. kol nefesh v'nefesh In the soul of each and every one of us. V'imo, and with that paro, yeshlanu esek godol. We have a very big business, a very big thing to settle with him, with that paro in us. Therefore we must recognize him, we must know him very well. This is the way that we learn Tanakh, by the way. If you learn Tanakh another way, then, then it's just academic. This is how a Jew learns Tanakh. This is how from Jews learn Tanakh. We have to know him very well, Paro. We have to learn all the Rambans and Klayakas and Archaims and Rashis and we have to learn all the Chazals to understand. Not for not for a paper, not for a term paper. To understand what's inside of us. I had this conversation with with, with my daughter. She was she was writing a paper now for for the end of the year. A paper in her Tanakh class on. Uh, she had they had a choice of different topics that they wanted to write about. So she chose to write about Ephraim and Menashe, about the Baruch of Ephraim and Menashe. So so. I was helping, we were doing a little bit, some of these things on Ephraim and Asher learning together. And, and I was showing her in the Svarma that there are two ways in life. One is called Ephraim and one is called Menashe. And, and, and she was so amazed by that because all she ever gathered from school was that there were two people a long time ago who she felt, she felt not shy as to. They're a big tzaddikim that lived thousands of years ago, they're called Ephraim and Menashe. And I showed her inside Reb Tzaddik, inside the Sfasemis, and we were doing different things. 
and 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 the Chaskalashinava to show what is the meaning of Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim is letters Efer Mi. And what's the meaning of Menashe, which is Nashani Elokim, or the letters of Neshama? And what is Menashe and what is Ephraim? And it's not just two people from thousands of years ago. And the Broche, that Yaakov wanted to make sure that Ephraim came before Menashe, the youngest came before the oldest. And Yosef didn't want that. Right? Yosef wanted it should go in the order of oldest to youngest. And Yaakov says, Yadati bin Yadati, I know what I'm doing. And he, he, he switched his hands over. I know what I'm doing. But Ephraim comes first. And I and, and I was explaining to her, what does that mean for us now that Ephraim comes first? It's not just a story. And the children have to be taught Tanakh properly. That's how you learn Tanakh. It's not these are not people from a long time ago. This, there's a koch inside of us every second. It's called Ephraim Menashe, and every second Yosef is is pulling for Menashe to come before Ephraim, and his father is saying no, Yadati bin Yadati, Ephraim is more important. Ephraim, which means bitl, it means a for me, many other things. And it has to do, I showed her, as we once spoke about in Shul years ago, it has to do with two ways of Musa and Hasidus, two ways of coming to Hashem. Musa and Hasidus. Nashani means to forget, it means fighting against the evil in oneself, that's the way of Musa. Ephraim means kefrani means to focus on the positive, on multiplying and becoming great, which is the way of Hasidus. And that these two ways are ways that the Jewish people have lived by throughout history and now at the end of time how do we understand you know the placing of Ephraim before Menashe and so on and all of these are things that are taking place within us right now it's not something we're talking about Amul is giving what used to be and we can understand how how so many children as they were growing up felt so detached from Tanakh and felt that it was so irrelevant from Chazal and from Tanakh when it was just you know, how much can you talk about people that lived, you know, a long time ago? And there are many, much, there are many more interesting people right now on television and, and in, you know, People magazine. So what am I talking about, you know, this stuff? So a person has to learn Tanakh properly. To learn Tanakh this way. The power of And we have to know him very well. And only when we know him and we know who the enemy is and what this enemy means, then can we then then can we learn how to fight against his way of thinking, which is very deep and very subtle. Not the way you read a couple of psukim and says Paro, well, you know, it's no big deal. Who's Paro? He's like some you know some like goon you know, you know from from a movie or something, some uh, villain. From Star Wars or something. This is, this is this is this is this is Tanakh, and every single thing in Tanakh is is for, is forever, and everything Chazal told us and explained to us it's forever. And only when we understand what who is power, what is power, the power inside of us, can we can we understand how we can fight against the very very deep and amazing kach that's called power. And the Machshavas, those thoughts of Narishkeit, that power is able to generate intelligent people like us, educated, westernized, civilized people like us, are filled with pyro thoughts, as we'll see. Are filled with pyro thoughts. Even though it sounds, when you read it on a simple level, it sounds like it, that's ridiculous. Me'ata novin heitev. Now we can understand. That by each and every one of us in the depths of the soul, 
There is this there is this koach inside of us that's saying, I created myself. Means I am the river, I created the river, I created myself, and so on. No, it's Pyro's philosophy. We need to understand what does that mean? I created myself. That's the craziest thing in the world. We need to know what that means, and then of course, once we know what it means, how to be mavatlet, how to fight against such a thought. Well, we're going to understand that the objective of our life is not only to believe every second in the Creator, that there's a Creator, but to believe every second that I am created by Him. I am created by Him. And everything is created by Him. That everything is His, was created by Him. It's not as simple as it thinks, as it seems. It's not as simple as it seems. There is this inner force inside of a person that's called Paro. That is, that is obstructing, that's preventing us from having this feeling that I am created by God. That's what it means when, when, when Chazal revealed to us through this Pasuk that Paro said, I created myself. No one created me. Yeah, there's a God. He said there's a God, but, but it happens I created myself. The God does other things, but I created myself. It means that inside each and every one of us, there is this chush, there is this feeling that we have that's preventing us from becoming very, very, very great as we could become and we should become. There's this paro inside of us that's telling us the same thing. It's preventing us from believing or from living with it. We say the words, you know, but from living with the belief every single second that my life, every single second, is being created by the creator of the universe. And there's a power inside of us that's preventing us, that's blocking that clarity of knowing that and feeling it, mamish, and living with that feeling. Not just by saying, like, you know, three times a week, oh, did you hear this amazing thing happened? You know, uh, just when I got off the train, the other train came. Isn't that Hashgah practice? Mm-hmm. But, but living with this mamish every single second. You know, not, uh, I'm not big on those, on those uh, stories and stuff. Doesn't make, that, that's not what makes you a Jew or not. You'll, you'll, you'll always see nice little Hashgacha practice and when it's convenient for you. And when it's not convenient for you, then, then, then you, you'll, you'll manage not to see it. When it's telling you something that you shouldn't be doing. When it's telling you something which is nice, then it's nice. When it's telling you something that you shouldn't do, then, you, then, then the Bereshim could put up a sign and march in front of you, right? You know, and, and, and you won't see it. That doesn't mean anything. It means to live with this belief, Mamish. And not to, not to look for signs and little, little hints and so on. That's all very nice if it's mechazik you to do the right thing and to stay away from the wrong thing, but that's not what it means to be a Jew. To be a Jew means to live with this amun and mamish. And you have not to depend upon signs and all kinds of things. And people have, it sounds to me like, like superstitions and rabbit's foot feet and, you know, black cats and what they saw this and this means that. This means, I had a bacha last week that was telling me that, that uh, he, he got a sign from God that he should leave his yeshiva to go to some other place. I said, what, what kind of sign did God give you that you should leave your yeshiva? So he told me some ridiculous thing. I was like, I, I, it was hard for me to believe, you know, because 
he would have more that he came, he, you know, whatever, it's a whole story, I don't want to, maybe he'll hear this and he'll not, I don't want to give it what the details were, but it was, it was like a sign that he, that, that yeshiva is not for him, and it had nothing to do with the learning, it had nothing to do with the Rosh yeshiva, anything, just like some dumb thing about it, it had to do with like missing a, missing the time and coming, I don't know, it was a sign from God, I said, that's, God told you to leave that yeshiva? I said, let me ask you something, how come God never told you to leave your girlfriend? Last year, I told you a hundred times, and God never told that to you. I told you a hundred times you should leave your girlfriend. It's not for you. He's messing up your whole life. And God never told you that. He only told you to leave that yeshiva. Wow, you had this. Uh, you know, that's a that's a very specific. You have very specific messages that you're receiving from God. So, a person a person has to live to live with their muna, not with all kinds of things, but to live with their muna. That 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 he's a nivra that that every single second the Rosh is creating me. Now we need to see why that's not pashut. He says Luna Dalaga Shlav If we skip this, Harinisha Benefesh Kolachshes Soiser Es Kol If we don't deal with this, if we don't confront this obstruction that's called Paro, then we will allow there to fester inside of us a certain Kolach that is undermining our simple faith. And this is, this is what's happening in our generation. As we've been talking about all along. That even though most of our parents and grandparents had much less of a Jewish education than we had, but there's something that they lived with that we're not living with. And as a result of that, simple faith is an endangered species. Simple faith. Therefore we have to work very hard to root deep within ourselves this simple awareness. But again, it means to live with it, not just to know it. That we didn't create ourselves. That God created us. And He creates us. To feel this mamish every second of our lives. What does that mean? It sounds like it's something that's, that's obvious. We still don't understand what's, up, what's the matter over here, what's going on. Let's think and understand. A person is called a small world. Everything that's found in the world is found inside of man. The Svarim talk a lot about this. Any force of evil that we see in the world. Remember that God gazed into the Torah and created the world. The world is an expression of in physical reality of the of the Torah and all the secrets of the Torah. Any koach of Ra, any force of evil that exists in the world has its source in the Torah and it exists inside of us. And of course, how much more so, any force of good in the world, a million times more, that exists in the world comes from the Torah and exists within each and every one of us. Not all the kaiches are equal. There are certain kaiches in the world and in the Torah and so on that are very strongly revealed in uh, in a person. And there are certain kaiches that are revealed less. They're all there, but some are more and some are less. Everything, every koach that exists in the world exists within us. Rabbi Yerucham Imir Zatzal, the Mashgiach Rabbi Yerucham said, 
his batepam. And I heard this from my Rebbe, who heard this from Rebbe Yerucham. That inside each and every person there's mamish a zoo. A zoo. Ari, there's lion. There's a koch that's called the koch of a lion. And again, what's the koch of a lion? If you look in Tanakh, there are many, many psukhim that talk about lions. And, and Hashem was not telling us about lions because He wanted us to major in zoology. So there's a reason why he told us about lions. And then if you follow up and you do on the computer a word search, starting with Tanakh, wherever it says Ari or Aryeh, right, in Tanakh, or Kfir, right, a lion cub or a lion, look in Tanakh, and then from there go to, the, go to Medrash, go to Mishnah, go to Gemara, go to Zohar, right? You'll have thousands of references. You could spend probably the, the rest of your life learning the Indian of the Ari, of what is a lion. And why did Hashem Baruch in every single Pasuk in Chazal tell us? What was he telling us about this thing called the lion? And inside each and every one of us, there's such a koch that's called Yizgaber Ka'ari, right? To, to strengthen ourselves like a lion. And what that means. And there are gematrias and Roshetavis and all amazing, amazing things going on with Aryeh, with Ari. And learning each of the Chazals, and learning the Mepharshim of the Chazals, and learning the Mepharshim and all the Pesukim and Tanakh, and what a lion is, and what it's an ox, and what's a Nachash, a snake. Lonis Asik Kerega, Bechal Kaiches Hanefesh Atmunim Ba'adam. We're not going to start talking about all of these different Kaiches that are inside of us. Halirak Bekerech Shazachanu El. We're just going to talk about the one that was mentioned here. We're going to talk about this. This which is called paro. Inside each and every one of us, this Korach says to us, I created myself. We created ourselves. It sounds, still sounds like something which is totally absurd. And if anybody in, the, in ancient times could have deluded himself to thinking that now... Everybody knows scientifically that that's not possible. Nobody created himself. We have seen in these last generations and in our generation people who think that they came into existence on their own. And people who want to create human beings also in, in, in laboratories. Right? The distance, the difference between believing that you, that you were created on your own, and believing that you were the one that created yourself. I mean, there are many, many people that do not believe that they're created by a creator but believe that they're the product of some chemical things that are going on. The distance between that and believing that one created oneself, as we'll see, it's not so far. Both, both of these thoughts are unbelievably stupid. Foolish. This and that. Whether it's I was created somehow by something else, not the Creator, or I created myself, which either one 
exists in the soul of man. Inside each and every one of us, there is both of these. This feeling that I created myself and, and I came into existence not from the Creator. What does that mean? These kaiches that sound to us so foolish and so heretical, even though they exist in each and every one of us, these are thoughts that are very, very subtle and very hidden. They're not open and revealed in the life and the heart of a believing Jew. We don't think like that. I created myself, so I'm not created. You know, anybody who wakes you up in the middle of your sleep and says, Who created you? You say, Hashem created me. You're not, it's not something which is openly revealed in our, in our way of thinking. It's, And therefore we all think, Well, I don't have to work on this stuff at all. Because that is clear to me that I did not create myself and I didn't just, I didn't just come into existence without, it, without the Creator. So each and every one of us feels that this at least is one thing in my life that I don't have to work on. I'm clarifying because it's so absolutely clear to me. Therefore you skip that. It's not necessary to focus on this avayda at all. And then you want to work on higher levels of your avayda Hashem. This way of thinking, in this way of serving Hashem, it's, it consists of a very basic mistake. It's, there's, a, there's a very basic mistake in this way of thinking. It's true. These thoughts, I created myself, or I just came into existence, even though these thoughts do not exist inside of us in a way that is conscious or that we feel uh, in such a way that comes out actually stated in such a way. We come as we'll see, in the depths of the soul. There is a power that's down there. There is a power that's down there. That's why I've said many times that when it says, Chazal say, Da, You have to know how to respond to an apikaris, to a heretic. The Katska said, it doesn't mean a heretic outside yourself. It means that you have to be able to respond to the heretic inside of yourself. Inside each and every Jew, there's a little apikaris, he said. And you have to know to respond to that apikaris inside of you. You don't have to have conversations with apikaris. You don't have to have public debates. You stay away from apikaris. But inside of yourself, there's an apikaris that you can't run away from. He comes after you. Every minute of your life, he's coming after you. To, to change the way that you think and the way that you feel. And to that apikaris, your whole life is given. How to respond to that apikaris inside of you. And behechrach shem kayam, it exists. And if you neglect, if you ignore working on this, on, on working, on, working on, the, on overcoming this way of thinking, you try to skip over it, you're going to leave an empty vacuum, an empty space. And whenever there's a missing step and an empty space, it leaves, it leaves in its wake an, a, 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 a building of Yiddishkeit, of who you are, that is missing the foundation. 
that your Avedis Adam is missing the most basic foundation if you skip that shlav, if you skip that step, and think that that's already something which is obvious, of course God created me, and you don't work on that and understand what that means, and who is that paro, and what's the paro way of thinking, then you're going to be leaving a horrible empty space in your Avedis Hashem. Therefore, Haderacham, you said this, he, you can't skip any step. Even if it's a step that seems very simple and obvious, that seems like it's unnecessary for you to even work on it. There is no such thing as any stage, as any shlav that does not need our attention. Page Samach. Sherish Hanafilais. Now you still need to understand who has such a thought like this? I created myself. I, I, I came to existence. Who has such a thought? What does that mean, Bechla? What is that paro? Sherish Hanafilais. Shanachnu Makirim. Lachemikain. Lamashal. In other words, we want to understand what is the Sherish? What's the root of our Nafilis in life? That we that that we you know we fail we fall into things into different God forbid into our various into problems and all sorts of nefilus. How is it that that something changed when we were children? We believed so clearly in in the presence of Hashem and every single thing in in our lives, and then over over time we begin to lose our belief, our faith weakens in that tangible, experiential awareness of God's presence. It's not, the problem is not just a problem in believing in Hashgach HaPratis. In other words, believing in Hashem's uh, being involved specifically in your life. That's not, that's, not the, that's not all it is. That's why all the Hashgach HaPratis stories are not going to necessarily pull you out of your nefilas. You heard a million stories about Shkoha Pratis. A million stories about Shkoha Pratis. And, it doesn't, and, and, and you could have your own stories about Shkoha Pratis. And it's very nice. But that's not the bottom of it. That's not, that's not what's going to pull you out. El the Shurish, and what's the Shurish of the Nephilas, of one's failures? El the Shurish, and Michelle Devarim, who Kaidam Lakach. It comes before that. Before the issue of Shkoha Pratis. Before fancy stuff. The reason we have nefilas in our muna, and we don't feel God's presence every moment in His involvement in our lives, it begins with an, a lack of real, concrete, experiential, tangible faith that there is a Creator of the world who created me. We certainly know it intellectually. And the, the mind of a person has no doubts about that at all. But because in the depths of the soul, because in the depths of the soul, there is a koach, a very subtle and destructive koach called paro, that looks at reality in the opposite way. Therefore, one's amuna never becomes crystallized. The amuna is never, ever, ever strong enough. The amuna is never clear. So you live with a certain kind of a hazy amuna, and God forbid something happens to you, 
and and you fall to pieces. You fall to pieces. In other words, like, like we spoke about many times, that if God if God was able to exist even though six million Jews died, then how come God can no longer exist if God forbid someone in your life that you love has died? Hashem God forbid. How come you have problems continuing a relationship with God? You were able to have a relationship with God even though you knew that He killed six million Jews. And now you can't have a relationship with him? Why? Because you lost your panasa. Or I have everyday people tell me I'm angry at God because of this, I'm angry at God because of that, I don't believe in God because of this, I lost my faith in God because of that. Until, until, you know, until Reish Chaydish Iyar, Tavshin Samachay, you were able to believe in God. What happened to Reish Chaydish? Reish Chaydish you lost your panasa for the fifth time, right? And now that's it. That's it? The fact that the fact that over over history, hundreds of millions of times, people have lost their panos and lost their lives, and their loved ones, and so on, and that was and you were able to continue believing in God and getting along with Him and davening, and now you can't anymore. It's finished because why? Because you lost your panos. That's bad, but because you lost your panos, so we grow up with such a hazy emuna, and those people who Hashem are tested because of God forbid difficulties, when they succeed, if they succeed. Their emuna becomes real, strong emuna. If they fail, then, then then their life becomes terribly, terribly meaningless and bitter. But stam, as 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 people that with God's help are not chasasom going through God forbid terrible things. Our emuna is not clear. It's because we skipped. We we know that uh, that there's a God and that the, and that we, and He created us. We know that. Then we just went out to other stuff, you know, Shabbos and till and whatever. But you know, so a person's working on, you know, Shmir uh, Salashim, you know, number, you know, 525, you know, course 525, like we'll have like in graduate school, you have it. Your contract will expire in ten. Like like you have you have advanced. You have advanced levels in, in school. So, you know, you already did the Shemir Salashim course once, twice. You're already, like, holding by very, very advanced. You're almost a Chavetz Chaim, right? You're so advanced in Shemir Salashim. But you never, ever, you never, ever worked on establishing in a living way that there's a creator and that, and that he created you. So what happens is, after, after going through the Chavetz Chaim Shemir Salashim program 5,000 times, you're on the phone. There you are on the phone again, saying you won't believe what I heard about so and so. And you could say that you could say about this that there are four opinions the Chabad Chaim brings down. It tells the rice, there's the Rabbanon, there's like this, there's like that. And and the person will say, oh my, we shouldn't be talking because she also wanted to share. We shouldn't be saying this because there's lashon har. And you still said lashon har. And and it's not because you don't. It's not because you don't know the halachas. It's not because you don't know that there's a God and know that that He created. It's because you don't believe it. The emes, you're not living with that belief. And because of that, all of our halachas, all of our knowledge of Yiddishkeit is built on a foundation that is so unbelievably shaky. So that whenever it's tested with a taiva, with something, it's almost a miracle that we would succeed. And all of our, all of the information that we, that we accumulate doesn't necessarily save us from those nefilas, from those failures. If you don't live with his most basic, simple emunah. Again, that our Zaydis and Bobbies lived with without knowing what we know, and that they did not fail with those things. I mean, everybody had their struggles, but not not to the extent that, that, that we do. The cave in Shechos, let's just finish this paragraph, since that most basic foundation is missing, 
the simple basis is missing. Everything else in Yiddishkeit is only the result or the outcome of the Creator who created us. So if you're missing in, in, in a living belief, in a real living, tangible faith, in that, in that there's a Creator who created us and is creating us every second, so obviously all the other millions of details about Yiddishkeit are going to not be secure. So you could have a person, you could have a person, I mean, the person that says that, that they believe in God, and, and, and that they, and that they uh, you'll see that there, there's vast neglect of huge areas of halach. Huge areas of Yiddishkeit, vast neglect. Those things where there's a taiva, when it comes to other things, Tikanamidis, uh, comes to Inyanam of Kedusha, and so on, whatever, whatever it is. There could be huge gaps in your life. That if you would be, if we would live with a simple emuna that we're talking about, it wouldn't be possible. But because we're missing that basis of emuna, so it can, call, it can come, it can all come out fakrumt. It come out, all, everything can come out crooked. It can come out crooked. So you can have somebody that says, like I mentioned many times, someone says that if you dress in the proper way, that that's. I've had this discussion many times with people, that if you dress a certain way, that's a chil hashem. If you dress in a holy way, that's a chil hashem. Why is that a chil hashem? Because it's going to turn many other people off to Yiddishkeit. If you dress like a, like that, and that's a chil Hashem. I've had these conversations with people. I say, how could it be a chil Hashem if God wants that? How could it be a chil Hashem? No, that's a chil Hashem because because if you because then what happens is that it's going to turn a lot of then the girls are going to grow up thinking that they have to look like old rabbits and then they're not, then they're not going to keep Shabbos and everything. But you see, we keep Shabbos in our in our little shorts and tops. But our, we're afraid our daughters won't keep Shabbos. That's why we dress this way to preserve Shabbos. And all the fakrum, all the fakrum, the things that that you get dizzy, you get dizzy when you hear stuff. You know, it, it, you have to have so much patience to hear because it's so namish makes you dizzy. The narishkeit and the havolim that intelligent people will spew forth. People who don't who don't know how to read Hebrew profess. Uh, who profess uh, 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 an, some inside information that God has that, that they're privy to, that that none of the authors of Shulchan Aruch and, uh, 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 and, and the Rambam himself didn't know, only you know. And all this krumkite, I'm not talking about not religious, I'm talking about people of Shem and who, who, who claim to be Shem and Shabbos. All of this krumkite, where does it come from? It comes from the, that basic, basic yisoid that's missing. Therefore, we first have to be mashrish deep inside of us ourselves. Now we're going to see next time how do we how do we how do we notice this inside of us? What does it mean that I didn't that I created myself or he didn't create me? And how do we work on making the opposite of that? Of living with that emuna that I am created every single second that He creates me, and and to have that strength and emuna in the Bari Island. We'll continue that mitzvah next time.